I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. friends hello hello so we're in person this is kind of exciting i'm like looking at your face i had to extend my kitchen table so that we could hopefully have our microphones be happy with each other but we finally got the equipment that my husband donated to us and we already did a recording practice where we just talked nonsense for a couple minutes and guys it sounded so good Chef kiss. kiss. Oh my god. <laughs> and now there's no delay, so we actually can jinx each other. <laughs> I don't know. And we do that all the time. Every time I'm listening to the audio, we jinx each other without even being like jinx all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I also feel like sometimes I just mimic the like last word you say. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of like responding back. Hey, that, that's a sign that you're listening. That is. So, I am. That's good. Yeah, you can hear my mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, that is from a class about active listening that I took a long time ago, and I cannot turn it off, so sorry. It's okay. I appreciate knowing that you're listening. It's good. Well, we were just kind of chit-chatting, and we decided to just turn it on real quick. Yeah, just do the damn thing. Yeah, and with our new um, equipment and a new server that we're using, like, there is no time crunch like we were having with our old stuff, so, like, you get all of us. Bad for you, good for us. <laughs> yeah, we just get to kind of talk and not worry about the ticking time clock that our other system had. But Man. we were talking about the loud noise in the last episode that you can hear if you're like paying attention. So there was a, it sounded like something fell. I say it was right when you were talking and it was like a bang. Yeah. Like a, yeah, and I, I still don't know what it was. No idea. And then you hear Leslie's dog bark, and then we kind of start talking about how our audio got wonky. So I texted Wendy. Wendy. You know, Wendy's, she's our number one fan. I love, (laughs) (laughs) she's my twin at work, but also like just number one fan status. She is so awesome. But I texted her and I was like, all right, I don't want to tell you anything about the episode, but I want to just tell you, like, I want you to listen. Bang and like the dog barking and I said just pay attention to the audio and tell me what you think and so she played it again in her office at work and I went in to listen with her and you can hear your audio change like it was smooth like butter it sounded like we sound right now sitting in the same room Mm -hmm. and then that bang happens and I start hearing that wind noise And in the audio, you can hear it get choppy and you can tell that we're delayed more than you could before. So Wendy believes it's your mic. I did let her know we have the exact same mic, like the identical equipment. It is. It's the exact same. If it's your mic, I think it's something messing with your mic. (laughs) Yeah. That's not messing with mine because I don't have anything attached to me. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky me. Yeah, no, I... Well, so when I edit it, so I usually edit the episodes and then I get them out to Amber so she can like proof listen before mm-hmm. I upload them. And she's like, well, it just kind of sounds like something is messing with your audio. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Cool. I'm home alone. <laughs> and I am. I'm home alone like 60% of the time because my husband works nights. And so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, great. Fabulous. <laughs> I feel so safe in this fucking house. But um, yeah, I still, I don't know what that bang was. I walked, like when we were finished, I looked, again, There's there was nothing on my walls to begin with. No, yeah, you haven't hung anything up yet. But there was nothing on the ground. I mean. <gasps> that reminds me though. Sorry, keep going. And then there's a little side tangent. Oh, no, 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 no. So that night, my aunt got me, you can see it's the book on I have on that top shelf. So she was um, with my uncle, I think in Arizona. I'm sorry, Aunt Tammy, I'm going to get it wrong, but thank you for the book. (laughs) But she was in Arizona, I think, and they were near Route 66. It's a haunted stories of Route 66. I bet that's fine. And I haven't read it yet, but I put it on the shelf to remind myself, but I put it all the way at the top. That night, I'm a little on edge. Yeah. Go to bed. And I'm home alone right now because Craig is house sitting. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I am paranoid and lock all of the doors, all of the deadbolts, but I have a lock on my bedroom door too. And I normally don't use that when I, when we sleep, but I lock, well, unless I get scared while yeah. I research, but I've been locking that since Craig's not home because right. I don't have to worry about him trying to get into the room. So we lay down, dogs are on the bed and probably like 15 minutes after we go to bed and after we're done and off the phone with each other afterwards, and there's this pop noise and I thought it was something in the trash can because I had shoved the trash can down. Oh, so I okay. thought something broke in the trash can yeah. and like hit the lid and made a pop. And then a day later, that book was on my chest underneath it, just laying <laughs> there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so Aunt Tammy might have gotten me. I'm excited to read the book. I haven't yet. I bet it's interesting. Yeah, it's all based on state through Route 66 and like haunted things along Route 66. How fun. Mm -hmm. So I did a little look through, but Aunt Tammy might have gotten me something with a little a little something something in the book. Or, you know, (laughs) they say that these things like they can travel electronically. Oh, so you're sending all your crap to me. (laughs) They've been fairly nice for me unless you talk about demons. So, well, yeah, they don't like that. Well, luckily this one, I mean, it has people but it doesn't have demons so maybe we'll give them a sigh of relief oh they're just talking about murderers this week (laughs) i cut out some stuff because we were rambling pretty good we were last week but Mm -hmm. what got cut out i was saying that it's been pretty quiet in my house the only time that they've really been aggressive is when i like i said i wanted to be pulled or i was watching something about like a possession and and it legitimately scared me so i had to like tell them to stop but they've been pretty quiet and they're they're usually pretty nice so maybe they're just like, you are embarking on something that we don't feel comfortable with you going into. And it's a bummer because it's your favorite thing to research. So <laughs> just like a toddler, you know, you're like, fuck you, mom, I'm going to keep like doing this. <laughs> it's kind of like that because I'm good. And I've had some readings done and I know I know that there are spirits around me. And so mm-hmm. and she told me they were like that. I know them. So they're going to love me regardless. I'm assuming it's like my grandparents, like probably Sierra, my friend who passed away. You know, they're going to love me regardless. We're yeah. fine. And they're probably just sitting there like, God damn it. She keeps talking about this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this motherfucker. Just stop it. We're trying to give her subtle cues to shut up and she continues to talk about it. Yeah, they probably love that I came to you and was like, let's do a podcast. <laughs> but on, I had I had wanted to do it. I just couldn't find someone that I felt like I could like do the back and forth with mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because this was before I knew that you were into this world. I know. I do keep it kind of private. Well, and I do too because I was like, I don't want people to think that. I mean, I am weird, but I don't want people to like outwardly know that I'm weird. And isn't that crazy? We have been friends since... We were 11 years old. Yeah, I give or take. Yeah, 11 years old. And we still were like, this is too weird. <laughs> well, and I didn't really get into it until I was on dialysis and I had mm. time to spare. And yeah. so that's when I like, lucky me. So that's when I learned. Because <laughs> mm. I used to be terrified. I mean, yeah. really. I-, I do remember. And I think that's what stopped me from telling you because I remember in high school like you really hated that we forced you to watch horror movies so I just I guess I always assumed like that stayed but I mean it makes sense you know you find out you've got people with you and I mean it's less scary when you've been to kind of that middle zone and you come back and you're like all right (laughs) yeah I kind of was in that like like you said that middle half half and half and yeah it wasn't that bad yeah so I did kind of think I was like possessed I don't know if I've ever told you this no so there was a time where I was taking off medication on the vent um, because they needed to make sure that my body could breathe on its own. Mm-hmm. You're only supposed to be on there for about an hour. I was in that like limbo for about three hours because of scheduling issues. And so I was kind of starting to wake up, kind of starting to like, you know, realize I couldn't move my arms, realize there was something in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I all I could think of, because I couldn't remember what had happened, mm-hmm. that I was like, possessed i i mean you're laughing i literally thought that because there were like these sensations how terrifying literally thought that i was like being controlled by something oh my gosh yeah so oh yeah well we're we're happy you're not in the limbo anymore glad that i wasn't possessed because amber would have dropped me we know that now we made that deal <laughs> all right friends so today on the map we are going to moscow russia we are so any idea any okay okay so <laughs> When you told me that clue, I had, like, no idea. I was like, what the fuck? And then, because my FBI guy, he had to redeem himself for the whole not telling me that the bridge was haunted mm-hmm. for ad. Mm-hmm. I'm on TikTok, like, that next day. And I get this, like, crime thing you've never heard of, you know, with, like, crazy music. And 
I don't remember the guy's name, but it had something to do with chess. And I was like, this motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I know that that's Amber's story, but I didn't look into it. I like, and as soon as he said something about chess. Scroll. (laughs) Yeah, I, yes. So I think I know, well, I think that's what it was. And I could be wrong because I don't remember his name because I was like, no, 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 no. So. Spoilers. (laughs) So I researched because you know you were right we've been heavy we've been talking about kids murdering kids like there's a, a lot of a lot of kid deaths recently um so i was like i was going to look for something you know inspirational in the end and it still is but i was looking up survivors of serial killers cuz i was like if i can find one where it's going to be a bummer but if they can you know if they maybe if there's a survivor at the end that'll be awesome okay yeah so there is a survivor in this story there are a couple actually but it's not it's not as light as I had hoped, unfortunately. <laughs> this this is a true crime. I mean, like we do talk about. That's true. Yeah. You're not here for the light and fluff. No, that's true. But I was, you know, I was like, well, I'll give him a break. <laughs> I mean, my light and fluffy was a demonic Which possession. Which I felt like so. it was. It was very nice. Like she she went on to have a normal life. Right. She did. She did. We are going to see, and I'm sorry, this is a, a Russian, so I'm going to butcher the names. Yeah. I, I took French in high school. Like um, there's no in this. Yeah, you got to get your <laughs> so ready. And I've listened to these names a million times and I still, it's like in one ear and out the other. No, I get it. So- um, I found an article on the chessboard killer, which is where the chess came in, mm. by Peter Savondix, and it was released in a GQ article. Oh. So, so it was in a magazine. So we're visiting Alexander Pishkin. I think that's right. It was. That's mm. FBI boyfriend. I know. He did a good job. I'm oh, my goodness. I'm looking at my phone right now. You. Yeah. Look at him go. He's like, they talk shit about me. <laughs> he knew he had to redeem himself. Okay. So. Say um, his name again. I'm sorry. Alexander Pushkin. Okay. And the last name, it honestly sounds like every time I hear it. Like, I listen to a podcast about it. Um, I listen to it. It's called Serial Killer. It's a podcast. I've never heard it before. It's very nice. Um, I think it's kind of run by, like, a tv program because they had very like professional sounding voices and it sounded very like well scripted like not us no (laughs) the the 180 of us (laughs) um so i did listen they had two parts um that they released and um and that's actually how i found the gq article because that's what they used a lot for their research so i looked at that and then i went to my handy dandy website that gives all of those documentaries where they cut off all the information that could get them in trouble so my version of the dark web okay. <laughs> quotes around that because I didn't go on the dark web. Don't want you to go on there. No, no. But my version where I'm like, oh, I'm watching something that they're not supposed to do and it's not on YouTube. So yeah, so Alexander is what I'm going to call him because it was his name, but I also don't want to try to say his last no, name again. No, um, Alexander was born on April 9th, 1974 in Moscow, Russia. His father left before he was a year old, and his mother, Natasha, raised him as a single mother. So in the beginning, Alexander was described as any, you know, baby to toddler, a very happy boy, a very playful boy, um, until he had an accident. So at age four, Alexander was on the playground, and he hit his head after he fell off the swing. So he fell backwards and hit the back of his head, which is not good. And then when he sat up, the swing swung back and hit him in the front of the head. So he had two brain traumas in the very bad spots. I'm so sorry that I'm laughing. I can just like bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Like oh yeah, this would be on like a like a Looney Tunes episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> the picture I'm getting is just it's not good. <laughs> so experts believe later when they were kind of you know. Uh, studying him and researching him that he probably had frontal cortex damage so like the frontal lobe Mm -hmm. where all of that is so i don't know what swings in russia in the 70s were made out of bricks (laughs) 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 exactly but clearly like yeah i mean he fell and hit his head on the ground so we get that the ground is hard but to sit up and like how high was he going was he like this had to be intense so he was four. Yeah. And it's still developed. I was going to say, your skull isn't as hard. That's true. I forgot about that. And I learned when my brother broke his nose, your skull as like a 15-year-old, 16-year-old child, you have like two layers of bone. You have like a really hard bone on the front and then like a softer bone. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's developed. Oh, like the hard bone mm-hmm. isn't? Mm-hmm. Right. 
So okay, so then maybe they have normal swings, and I just it's forgot. a brick. <laughs> it's a brick. I like the brick idea because then he really had to get it pumping to go. <laughs> His legs. He probably had like freaking quads. <laughs> he looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the hips down. <laughs> he did not skip leg day. No. So the other reason why experts believe he had some uh, frontal cortex damage is because Natasha was actually like reported telling neighbors and like later admitting like he changed after that accident. So her loving, playful, happy boy was now angry and hostile and impulsive at four. And there was actually a study done um, in 2014 and it was found that one in four serial killers have a brain injury before they have acts the acts of violence so this is actually something like that they're starting to research and link which i mean it doesn't mean everyone who has brain damage is they're not going to go on a killing rampage clearly but it could that does make sense though because that frontal lobe i know it's your personality right Mm mm-hmm and there's a lobe. There's a few lobes. I apologize. It's allergy season in the Scribic household, and Avery, my dog, has really bad ad- allergies. So I did do a clean out before you came over, but she's very itchy yeah, today. Yeah, her poor little ears. Um, I just remember in like senior year of high school, I took psychology, and we learned about that dude that got like a railroad thing stuck in his head no you don't never heard of it oh no i'm i'm giving like the worst summary of this story <laughs> he was like he or maybe it was a mine i don't know he got something like stuck in his skull <laughs> but it didn't kill him but it like destroyed one of his lobes oh. and afterwards he was like just a complete dick like he lost all sense of like fil- filter essentially yeah. mm-hmm. and he would say like the t- worst things to mm-hmm. people so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I think that the experts just putting together Natasha's statements yeah. and like knowing how the brain works, you know, they put two and two together that he most likely had damage to that frontal lobe. And it's, I mean, it seems interesting. I kind of went down a rabbit hole. Like you can be pretty much fine after this, you know, like you can, you can still, you know, not have a lot of memory loss or things like that. But like you just as a person, it's like a, a switch flips and you're just a different person with your attitude. It's so scary. Terrifying. Yeah. Like, I hope to never have any head trauma because, like, it's so important and it's got a helmet, but it's not a good helmet <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's not a good helmet, Mm-mm. no. So, flaw in the design. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a football helmet where, you know, those poor guys are still getting concussions and it's like, it's mm-hmm. 2021. How the fuck have we not developed a helmet that can yeah. protect their brains? But yeah. mm-hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> right. So, we have, like, football helmet for heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and we need motorcycle helmets. We do. We do. That's a good, that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> Maybe someday, and, and, you know, as we continue to pursue science. I'll get right on that. <laughs> so in 1982, uh, Natasha had a daughter, Katya. They, so they lived in her two-bedroom, one-bath apartment that Natasha had actually lived in since she was 11. Oh. So Natasha grew up in this apartment, and then, like, her parents moved out, and then she continued to just live here as she grew older and had kids. But a two-bedroom, one-bath is not great for two kids no so i'm sorry did you mention d- does alex have like a father so he left when he was about one that's right you told me that okay i lost track with the brick swing it's, <laughs> it's okay it's um, also early yeah yeah this is this is probably earlier than we've ever tried so it's gonna be like monday night but like not as maybe just as bad i don't know what's worse a day after work or a morning where we're not hey we'll be good we'll get there we will yeah leslie's got coffee i made her tea as well we're ready to roll so many liquids in front of me right now so yeah so the apartment wasn't working and so this was when soviet russia like right before it it kind of dismembered too so you know it's a very poor area like clearly having a second kid didn't mean go out and get a new apartment so her dad um alexander's grandfather offered to take him in after katia was born and alexander was okay with this because him and his grandpa were super close okay and probably he's thinking he wants a man like a male figure he he needs a figure exactly yeah so i think he was excited to just like not be around girls and not live on top of each other like i i would assume like living on top of each other is a bummer and sharing your room with your sister so he actually lived in the living room so his sister got a room his mom got a room and then they made the living room into his room i would have thought like the girls maybe still together but okay all right no no so he moved in with his grandpa and his grandpa started to teach him how to play chess grandpa noticed that he was very intelligent for you know his age like he picked up chess really fast and he was he was picking up the core goals so i guess i don't 
play chess. No. <laughs> I remember in grade school, there was an assembly where we learned how to play chess in the library. Um, I learned nothing. <laughs> You're like, I want to be the white ones. That was me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I was really stoked about the horse and that was about (laughs) it. Um, in, In Russia specifically, chess isn't just like a board game. Chess is like a way to showcase what they hold most important in in their culture's traits. So chess, you know, you have to have skill, you have to have strategy, and there has to be discipline for you to play this game. And you need to think multiple steps ahead. And so in Russia, they were like, this is the epitome, like, I, it's the epitome of what they want themselves to be as a culture. And it's so interesting, because like, here, to my knowledge, I know there are competitions for chess and things, but it's a game. In Russia, it's like a way of life. That's probably because like, we're America. And we're we don't or have the America. attention span. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So this was not just a game. Intense. This was like intense, a yeah. lifestyle. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lifestyle. A lifestyle. <laughs> All of our Russian listeners just click right off. They're like, mm. <laughs> everyone just clicked off. They don't have to just be Russian. <laughs> it's fine. So chess was a breakthrough for Alexander. You know, he was a kid that got picked on a lot. Like he didn't have a lot of friends. Like he didn't like school. So he's one of those smart kids, but hated being around the people he was around. So he didn't enjoy school. So he loved going to a park that his grandpa took him to. It's called uh, Bitsa Park. It's huge. 4,448 acres. So I'm imagining like a park that you take your kid to. It's got forest area. It's got mountains for skiing. It's got chess boards that are outdoors. Is it like a national park? Yes. Okay. So it's like a national park, but it still has park elements okay. to it as well. So like it's not necessarily like Rocky Mountain where it's just mountains, and but it's got like a playground and all. It's just this huge area. Okay. And so they had outdoor year-round chess boards that were like made of stone that all these old men and Alexander would go play chess at. He's like, sup? These were his friends, like these old men. So these guys would sit around and play chess and there were competitions within everyone there and drink vodka because that's the stereotype. I mean, they are Russian. I know, but I was just like, vodka's talked about a lot in this case. And I was like, wow. (laughs) I think that's also like a lifestyle for Russians. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but that's just like, maybe it's stereotypical, but like that's the shit. It's like Colorado and pot, like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. Right. (laughs) So when Alexander was a teenager, his grandfather unfortunately passed away. So his only father male figure in his life, gone. And probably the only person he really trusts because he, I feel like he's going to have some like animosity towards his mom. You know, so the tough part is, like I said, this is around the time. So like, you know, 82, I think Soviet Russia dismembered in, or Soviet Union dismembered in like 1991. No idea. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Leslie's going to Google it. I'm pretty sure it was December 91. If you're right, <laughs> I, I'll be so excited. <laughs> Winter guess? Uh, December of 91. Damn. Was I not right? On December 25th, 1991. <gasps> Christmas. The Soviet hammer and the sickle flag lowered for the last time over the Kremlin. The Kremlin sounds like a gremlin. (laughs) I'm a genius. You are a genius. I remembered something from history class. (laughs) Holy crap. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) Great memory. I... You could have like totally listed off bullshit and been like, really? (laughs) No, we're spitting facts here. (laughs) You like held your finger down for emphasis. Pointed. (laughs) Don't. Well, I do point a lot. I shouldn't say I don't point a lot. I talk with my I point all the time. Is that a bad thing? I think it's kind of rude. I try not to. Because I've noticed like with my coworkers, I like do this and everyone kind of like. So I've been trying to do like all fingers instead of one just like okay someone comment is it rude yeah I. is it rude to point i was told it was rude but i could be wrong oh my parents obviously were like your manners and i was like (laughs) i mean i still do it but i feel like someone once told me pointing is rude why i don't know unless i'm like you motherfucker like yeah that was very intimate yeah that would be rude but if i'm like you which is what i usually do i don't know yeah someone let me know if i'm being an yeah and let us know if pointing is rude because it's in my head and then i do it and i'm like crap and then i just okay sorry (laughs) tangent this will be in the extra episode (laughs) no 
I do really want to know if it's rude. Oh, yeah. So this will be in the real episode. I genuinely <laughs> have this question. Okay. So I don't know how we got from grandpa passing away to pointing. <laughs> we talked about, oh, it's because you were spitting facts. <laughs> okay. So here's the tough part with this case. So Soviet Union is coming to a, a fall in 1991. You know, this is some time after 1982 when Katya was born. When Soviet when the Soviet Union fell, record keeping not a top priority. They were trying to build a whole new government. Um, so a lot of his victims don't have names. Oh. There's not a lot of information about his early childhood or even like what he was doing while committing crimes. Oh. So it's one of those where it's like we get the gist, but there are a lot of unanswered questions. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That like 1991. I don't call me old, you mother. Pointed. Don't call me old. <laughs> I like 1991 was not that long ago. All right. Like I am not old, (laughs) but the idea that like this country had no records, that's nuts. That's something that you would hundreds, Mm -hmm. 200 years ago. No. Yeah. It was, it was in the modern, it was in modern day. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there's a lot of like question marks, which as someone who likes answers, that just is a great thing for me. Those will be your questions. Yeah. So yeah, so Soviet Union, they're not doing a good job of record keeping. It's very twisted, yeah. So Alexander, after his grandfather passed away, had to move back in with his mother and his half-sister. So again, the living room becomes his bedroom, his sister has her room, and his mother has her own room. Okay. Uh, Alexander began drinking uh, vodka, actually very specifically vodka, and getting more competitive while playing chess. So winning wasn't fun anymore. He, you know, you get that like high and he loved seeing the realization on his competitor's face when they realized he was going to win because I guess in chess you plan ahead and you can tell that you're losing. I don't know. So he loved watching that like defeat in their face when they realized that he had worked them into a corner Um, and that wasn't doing it for him anymore. He dropped out of school and started stocking shelves at a local grocery store. So Okay, which there's nothing wrong with stocking shelves. We need you. Those are also part of frontline workers, yep, including during the pandemic. No hate for that, but he's a teenager dropping out of school. It also, I just have a feeling he's like such an asshole. Like the mental picture I'm getting of him just being drunk as shit off of vodka like pointing at people while you're playing playing chess yeah if he points it's rude for sure yeah for sure so in 1992 alexander began idolizing andre chikatilo got that one right so andre chikatilo is a murderer in russia oh okay and he killed 56 women and children in his time so in 92 he had been apprehended so Alexander began wondering if he would be able to beat Andre at his own game. He's a strategic person. He likes competition. You know, he's thinking steps ahead of everybody else. Like chess really morphed this person into how he thinks. So he's thinking steps ahead and he's wondering, like, could I do this and get away with it? Right. I mean, Andre got away with it for 56 people. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So on July 27th, 1992... He was 18 um, at the time, was hopeful to commit his first murder. And for whatever reason, he wanted to have an accomplice. He wanted to have someone to go through this with. But he didn't have a lot of friends, and he wasn't very social. Right. And the the way that an 18-year-old makes friends is by going to school and being around people his age. He worked at a grocery store and hung out with old men who played chess. So he had one friend. And again, there's not a lot of information. And his name was Mikhail. And so he asked his friend Mikhail to go to the park with him. And he was blunt. I want to find someone to kill at the park. Okay. At first, I thought you were going to tell me that he just brought Mikhail to like the park and was like, surprise, motherfucker, and then like killed someone. But that's good that there was like, (laughs) you're looking at me like that. There's a butt. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So Mikhail thought that he was joking. He was like, okay, weirdo. Like, I mean, he's a weird guy. So he was like, all right, whatever. He's my weird friend. But quickly realized once they got to the park to go on their hike that he wasn't because Alexander kept pointing out people and like telling him like what he wanted in a person, someone who wouldn't be missed, someone who's alone, someone who might already be kind of drunk since clearly in this park, you just kind of drink and hang out. Passions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, Alexander also noticed that every time he brought this up, Mikkel changed the subject. Okay. So 
He was clearly uncomfortable. Yes. So he was like, you motherfucker. I told you my plan and you didn't want to go along with it. So when Mikkel turned his back. Oh my God. Alexander hit him in the head with a hammer 20 times. <gasps> that's your only run. 20 times. That's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And that's pretty intimate. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's his only friend that's, you know, like his age. So yeah, he was just enraged that he was not being taken seriously with his request to have an accomplice. So he decided then and there he was going to have to do it alone. I mean, he killed his only friend. <laughs> so who else was he going to ask? Anyone else would have been like, who the fuck are you? Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. So he left Mikkel's body there in the park, too. So they were in like a wooded area near a hiking trail and he left his body there. Okay. Police found the body pretty quickly, like within a day or two. And they actually went and uh, questioned Alexander because witnesses placed the two of them together. Well, Alexander was clearly manipulative and charismatic and the police just questioned him. I don't even like there was not even like anything that I found explaining how he got out of it. Like nothing was reported. Nothing was written down. And a lot of cops in the Soviet Union era were dirty. So taking bribes, you know, influenced very heavily by the Russian mob. Like another situation where the townspeople did not trust the cops. I just wondered like how Alex... He wasn't an important person. Like how he has this like leeway he's probably just charismatic and the cops are like all right like i don't want to do my job there nothing came of it that's frustrating his murder went unsolved for a very long time so after his first murder and being questioned by the cops it it did scare alexander and he took a nine-year hiatus from murdering oh yeah so his first murder made him nervous like he he clearly did this on impulse and as a person who likes to think multiple steps ahead he probably didn't appreciate the control that he lost when he did it and so he took nine years to begin planning the perfect crime and we know for sure that he didn't kill anything i mean maybe not just a person but a thing no he loved animals he was another one I know. I keep finding these ones where they're not fitting all the stereotypes um, or all the findings. So he loved animals. So he had a very beloved cat. He had a dog that he loved and he was devastated when they died. Hmm. Yeah. So he just kind of I think it's what it is, is he loved the game of thinking ahead and trying to get ahead of the police and everybody that I think that entertained him enough. Like that's where the thrill was, not necessarily killing. Yeah, that was just the win. And you've like been a bank robber or something like that not as fun so carry a gun <laughs> well he never he never used a gun oh. that's not his weapon you would remember that if someone came to rob your bank with a hammer you'd be like <laughs> oh my god yeah that'd be a, that'd be easy to point out <laughs> so during his break he dreamt up the perfect murder and found a goal that he wanted to achieve he wanted to kill 64 people now you might be wondering why 64 well, because the other guy did 59. 56, oh, yes. Oh, okay. But there are 64 spaces on a chessboard. Is this kid autistic? They they found narcissists, but they didn't find, like... Anything signs. on the spectrum? Yeah. Okay. I, at least so what I found. Okay. He's very... Con- like He's so particular. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he likes to control very specifically. So, yeah. So his goal was to fill up a chessboard of victims. Um, Okay. So on May 17th, 2001. Really not that long no. ago. 2001. We were doing stuff in 2001. We were functioning people. I, re- I remember 2000. I remember the rollover from 99 to 2000, and we all, were all worried that the grids were going to break. If you are young and don't know what we're talking about, probably shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff on TikTok about it. <laughs> so on May 17, 2001, Alexander asked a middle-aged man that he knew from playing chess to go for a walk in the woods. The reason he wanted to go is he said it was the anniversary of his dog's death. He had buried his dog in the park and he wanted to go pour one out on the grave with a bottle of vodka and um, remember his dog. So like he loved his dog. I don't know if the day, like this, he had a dog. He loved it very much. That is all true. I don't know if this day specifically was the anniversary because um, he fabricated this to pretty much every victim that he was able to. <sighs> That was his story? Yeah. So again, there was a dog. It did die. He was devastated about it. But he told every victim that that day was the anniversary of the death. So he used the puppy. Uh. 
Also, I want to do that when my dog dies, like pour some vodka on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, and this man w- only went because he was promised half of the bottle of vodka. Like, so it was very much like <laughs> he was like, okay, yeah, we'll go to your dog grave, I guess, weirdo. But then when he was like, I'll give you vodka, he was like, all right. <laughs> That's all you had to say, brother. That's all you had to say. Yeah. So um, they go to this clearing in the woods. And um, when the man turns his back, Alexander hits him on the head with the vodka bottle. Oh. Not as aggressive as the hammer. Not as aggressive, but hard enough to knock him unconscious. So they're in this park, there are a lot of wells. Um, so, you know. Yeah. And they all lead underground to their sewer systems. And there are, I mean, this is 4,448 acres. So there are wells pretty much everywhere within every couple of miles. And it's very hard. And it goes through, in like these even lead into the town of Moscow itself. Okay. So when the man is unconscious, Alexander drags his body over to a well that he strategically knew about and chose that to be the resting place of his quote unquote dog. I don't even know if it was the real resting place. And threw the man while he was unconscious into the well and he fell about 25 feet below the surface. Okay. And so if he didn't die from impact or from the fall, it was filled with water and sewage. So he would drown because he's unconscious. He can't. That makes me think. Mm -hmm. He was so, I mean, like Mikhail's death was pretty intimate. Yes. Like he physically beat him to death. This guy, he didn't, I mean, throwing someone down a well it's kind of like, you know that he'll die, but it's like, well, it's not by me. Like, I didn't physically, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> now I'm just confused. He's more focused on not having a body because that's what scared him when Mikhail died. Because they came because and talked to him. So if he can get rid of the evidence and there is, and even if the body washes up somewhere, these sewer systems are so intricate that they're never going to be able to find which one he fell into. You already said it. And now this, for me, just really confirms that he didn't necessarily care care about killing people. He just wanted to be better. Yeah, he literally called them pawns on his chessboard. Alexander also got himself a chessboard and he etched crosses for every victim that he had onto the chessboard. And he hid that from his family. Because, I mean, you know, everyone knows what a chessboard is supposed to look like. So when you etch, like, something onto it, you're like, okay, like, why? So he just hid that. That was his, he didn't keep anything from the victims. He, you know, that was his memorabilia that a lot of serial killers like to keep. It was just a cross on a chessboard. It would have been creepier if it was, like, their initials. Right. That would have been terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he did know pretty much all of his victims. Gross. As an acquaintance. Um, in the next eight weeks from that, Alexander killed nine more men that frequented the chessboards. The killing slowed down in the fall and winter months uh, because... It's cold as fuck. Exactly. No one wanted to go for a walk in negative 20 degree weather. Everyone's like, I don't give a fuck about your dog. Yeah. It's very seasonal, the, his his MO, unfortunately. He didn't think ahead uh, to the cold months. No, it makes sense. But the... I mean, it's a gross way to explain it, but the discipline... Yeah. Which, again, just really makes me think he... It's not like... It's not about the need to murder. Right. He's not like those other killers. Yeah. It's not this insatiable feeling where he has to do it. It's it's clearly... Like the it's impulsive. A mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is even worse. Yeah. That he's willing to just wait it out and come up with plans and take breaks. Yeah. That it's just a game to him rather than like an impulse. Yeah. Um, February 23rd, 2002, Alexander was bored with picking off his chess friends at the park so he decided to find someone at the subway station so his plan was just to pick a person and see if he could get them to go to the park with him so up until that point they had just been people from his chess group isn't someone fucking putting two and two together like i feel like that's detective work number one what do these victims have in common there were no bodies that were found he picked guys that were you know it was common for them to kind of not show up for chess for a couple weeks like it was common for these guys to kind of disappear for a little bit you know he picked he picked drunks okay so you know their families wouldn't be concerned if they were gone for a week you know okay so he did have an mo which you know it was mostly like drunk somewhat homeless neighborhood men yeah Mm -hmm. and you said a lot some of them don't like their names aren't recorded no most of them aren't unfortunately So he ran into an acquaintance's three-month pregnant girlfriend, and her name was Maria. That one I can say. Maria. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, she was upset because her and her boyfriend had gotten into a fight about money, you know, three months pregnant, probably really stressed about a baby and they're living in, you know, not a wealthy part of anything. Yeah. Alexander told Maria that he had some stolen camera parts and equipment, um, and he'd give them to her to sell if she helped him move them, but he had to hide them because he didn't want his family members to find out that he was stealing, um, and selling things again. He told her that he had hidden it in a part of the park so they go to the park and she starts getting antsy because it's getting dark and i think her gut instincts are probably screaming at her i am walking deep into the park with this man yeah and unfortunately she did not listen to her gut um which everyone should if your gut says it do it what is she gonna do in that situation they're in this massive park she's pregnant she's by herself and there's this dude that we know i mean Uh, aware of like she's met him you know, in passing before. And I'm assuming, you know, he's fairly large if he can, although these people are all drunk, these men Mm -hmm. that he overtook. But I don't know. Still, I can understand it's probably like... Well, and he had to kind of think on the fly. He's not going to offer a pregnant girl vodka. She's going to be like, no. Maybe. I mean, she, that was something that did not happen. She was not like willing to drink (laughs) while she was pregnant. Good choice. (laughs) Yeah. So the camera uh, equipment was his ruse. And then they walk over to his favorite well and he tells her it is hidden inside. And he asks, he pulls up the, it's like a 90 pound manhole cover and asks her to look inside. And then as she's leaning forward, he pushes her in. Now it's winter, it's February and she's in all of her winter clothing. So he pushes her in, closes the lid and walks away. Dark wells don't have lights in them so he's just assuming that his job is done she takes off her winter coat and her boots and can actually swim pretty well in the icky poop water and she finds because you know these are all like pipes and sewer systems so she just kind of follows the pipes and feels gets her bearings along a wall and just kind of feels for a wall and she actually finds a ladder oh my god Mm -hmm. and this was not at the same well that she was thrown into it was you know i don't know she's like moving she's moving yeah the water is rushing she's moving so it's it's not like she's going to climb back up and he's going to be there. She climbs up to the ladder, but these manhole covers are 90 pounds and she can't push it up. So she is screaming for help. And the next morning, she's able to move the manhole cover and a woman sees her. And a woman runs and gets some security, some, I'm imagining like park rangers, yeah. like security guards. And they help her with the manhole cover and they call the ambulance. Oh my God. Her and her baby are fine. <gasps> and wow. she's at the hospital and she's able i mean she's able to say i know I, him this know is who him. it is he threw this is what happened now unfortunately there are a lot of dirty cops and one of them gets called and at the time in russia it, it to me it sounds like you almost had to have a green card to live in moscow so she was from a rural area of russia okay she didn't get her papers to allow her to live in moscow then the cop found out so he blackmailed her and said, you need to sign this statement saying that you fell in on your own and I won't deport you back to the rural area that you're from. This seems like such an insignificant piece of information compared to someone throwing a pregnant woman into a well. Mm-hmm. And and there's not a lot of no, like the cop might have been lazy and just didn't feel like doing yeah. it. We don't know. <laughs> so do you think it's because she's a woman? I mean, probably. Yeah. We're in a time where cops are blackmailing everyone and trying to keep high end mob members safe. Like, so any little bit of blackmail that you can get on a person, might as well hold on to it. Because what if he needs her down the line somewhere? So weird. Like, but she did. I, I'm picturing that's like a little fish in a big pond. Like, yeah, she's so in- insignificant yeah. Yeah. to like but, a mob boss. But you, never- but you never know. Maybe she'll, or maybe then they have another person to help them with something. Okay. It's just. Okay. It's a scary time. It's painting It's painting a very scary picture of you can't trust anyone. anyone. Literally. Yeah. So she signs the statement and we don't hear about her again. She's able to avoid Alexander because he didn't know she was still alive. Oh my. Until, until later. I bet that was not a fun. I mean, I would almost want to go back to rural Russia and, you know, yeah, no not be around him and not, I mean, Moscow is a big place, but still like. I wouldn't Obviously it's that. not that big. <laughs> thinking that they're going to use you one day okay so now we're in the mid 2000 mid 2003 and alexander had about 30 victims by then is what he recalls and he began to get bored committing the same air quotes perfect crime i mean he's getting away with it cops aren't finding bodies and he doesn't know that maria's alive but like still like how 
with every person killed, you probably get more confident. Right. Especially because it's working. Yeah. He started in 2000. Well, it's the very first one, but like 2001 was when he kind of got in the swing. And right. And two years later, he's still getting away with it as far as he knows. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's still getting away with it, period. Yeah. So, yeah, like he probably it's the same old thing because he knows that he can do it. Yeah. So he was more annoyed that while this was happening, he wasn't getting the celebrity. You know, he's committing a perfect crime and he was planning it out and no one knew what he was doing. He wanted to be famous like that other murderer. He wanted people to know his name. There's the narcissism. Mm-hmm. So he took a year off and he started to think again like he did. You know, he took nine years off to plan the perfect crime. Now he's done it 30 times. Plan He can figure something out in a year. In 2005, Alexander picked up another middle-aged man and convinced him to go on a walk with the promise of more vodka. Alexander hit him um, in the back of the head and decided to change his next step. So instead of dragging him to the well and throwing him into the water, this was his change. He took the vodka bottle and jammed it into the crack in the man's skull and left his body in the woods to be found easily. So the vodka bottle is literally sticking straight up. And when the police found the body, it, the vodka bottle was still in his head. So he jammed it so hard that it oh like did not fall out over time. Because I think it took a couple days for the police to find the body. Now, what there's a question of, because Alexander liked to get to know his victims. He thought that was more fun. If I got to know them, know. even if he like didn't know them before he started talking to them, he asked them a bunch of questions about themselves because he wanted to, it was more exciting to kill someone that you knew stuff about. Like a real person. Which is, I feel like the opposite of what most people would probably feel comfortable doing. He's confusing me because he wants someone who isn't going to be missed, won't be noticed. It's a now, if they're not missed and they won't be noticed that they're gone, then you're not going to become famous. I don't know. He just is confused. So... He, he is. He's very, he contradicts himself a lot. Well, he's a narcissist. Yeah, yeah he just wants attention, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so it's, it's believed that Alexander might have known this um, little tidbit of information. Um, some people think maybe he didn't, but he, he went, openly said he liked to get to know his victims as they walked before he decided to kill them. So this man that he killed was a retired police officer. Ooh. So some people are like, he didn't know. But also, like, you asked a lot of questions, and usually, if you're retired, you talk about what you used to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't just say, I'm retired, end of story. You should say, like, I'm a retired teacher, I'm mm-hmm. a retired like lawyer, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and in- including police officers. I feel like, you know, yes. that is that is their life. That is not just a job. So you're going to know yeah. if someone was a police officer, you know, and not in a negative way. Like, right, you're just right. going to know. Right. No, they, <laughs> they will tell you, especially if they're retired and out of the life. Yeah. When they're in it, they're like, eh, you know, they'll yeah. like kind of circle Avoid, around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, but yeah. But if they're retired and they can actually feel comfortable talking about right. it. Yeah. So the police finally got involved. Oh, because well, one of their own. Like you said, I mean, law enforcement. And I say this with love because I've got some law enforcement people in my life. But it really is like a cult. Mm-hmm. Like they will look out for each other. Over anybody. Yeah. Even if they don't even know them personally, mm-hmm. they're in law enforcement. It's yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's, you're part of the brother and sisterhood because of of your title. So what's a bummer is if the police officer would have taken Maria seriously, this man would have been saved, but also 11 other men. Was Maria his only woman? So far. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So this murder and the others that followed, because he changed his MO, it's very gruesome, shoving something into someone's head, um, got him national news. Um, this was mm. this was the notoriety he had wanted. His murders were on the front page of every newspaper and people in Moscow were scared because they didn't know these murders were happening when they were being thrown down a well. Right. So people are living their lives. Now people are freaking out because always goes to the same park. It's in different spots in the park now because he doesn't have his favorite well, but he's always going right. to the park. He has an MO. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Um, in early 2006, his victim count was up to 50. So four years, 50 victims. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, in June of 2006, Alexander set his sights on his female co-worker. So there are only two women in his whole victim. Yeah. Okay. Killing life. Yes. After work, he asked Marina 
Maria oh, Marina interesting. <laughs> to go on a walk with him. She told him that she would, um, but she wanted to meet him at the park because she wanted to change out of her work clothes because he still kept his job at the grocery store stocking shelves like that was consistent in his life. Due to the high profile murder cases going on, she was nervous yeah. about going to this park. But again, she didn't listen to her gut. So everybody, here's the PSA. Listen to your gut. Even if you feel silly, listen to your gut. But if he's um, charismatic and stuff, like if she's probably, and she's known, he stocks groceries. Yeah, she's known him for a couple of years. Yeah, that is true. Probably thinking I'm safe. He's weird, but you know. But still, listen to your gut. She was, she was considering not going. Her, her. That's true. That's all. Yeah, that's true. If you think you shouldn't go somewhere, don't go somewhere. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So she told, you know, someone somehow. It yeah. got back to, you know, people researching this that she told people she was unsure about going. Maybe Alex even said it. Maybe like she told Alex, like, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not really sure if we Maybe. should go. Yeah. And him being him. Yeah. Being a narcissist. Told everybody. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get a good taste of that. Okay. <laughs> so she did something that eventually got him apprehended. Her son lived with her, but he wasn't home at the time when she went to change. So she wrote down going to this park with Alexander, first and last name. And then his phone number. She had to have known that something was off. I mean, she left a note and it was, you know. An extensive, like, mm-hmm. okay. And, and I mean, the murders are all over the place. So also, like, I think she did good steps. She's nervous yeah. about going there. She didn't listen to her gut there, which is unfortunate. But at least she was like, all right, here's like, it's like what I do with Craig when I call and I'm like, all right, I'm at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, if I don't come home, like, please send out a search. <laughs> So, you know, I think she was just leaving breadcrumbs in case anything happened. Yeah. And that's smart. Yeah. So during her walk with Alexander, she again, it's interesting. They always turn their back. So it's like, I think he didn't have the confidence to like look at someone and attack them. He waited for them to be like unsuspecting and to turn their head. So Alexander hit her in the back of the head with a hammer. Um, until um, she died. So he hit her multiple times. There wasn't a count on this one. Um, He didn't have a vodka bottle with him because, you know, it was a date. Classy. He got to be classy and not offer the vodka. It's definitely when you bring the vodka. (laughs) So he shoved a large stick that he found on the ground into the break in her skull. Are there photos? I haven't Googled it. (laughs) Probably. And I will probably... I was working on this very late (laughs) and I was already scared and I already had to put on a Disney movie while I was researching it so (laughs) part of me wants to like there probably are no um I'm sure there are um I will google later we won't put them on our Instagram um or Facebook we again you guys have heard us talk uh we refuse to post pictures of the murderer because including something like this the notoriety is why these victims are victims um so we will never post a picture of a murderer um and we will also avoid crime scene photos uh, if you're into that type of thing that's fine you can google it. right yeah i kind of am too i'll, I'll be honest yeah. yeah but we don't need to post that no and and it's it's not fair to the victims that's yeah. i mean and other pla- other podcasts do it and it's nothing against that um it, it's kind of your preference i just I would hate to be a family member of a victim and know that these photos are circulating, so I will avoid it. It's just not our jam, so. No. Um, so the police found her body. Uh, so her son instantly was worried when she when she didn't come home that night. It wasn't like her. Um, they had a pretty consistent, you know. Schedule, yeah, schedule. okay. So he called the police and gave them the note um, and all of the information. So a few days later... And, you know, the police don't act on it right away because they they need to get their bearings. They need to know what's going on. Maybe she's just missing. Maybe she's just hurt in the park. But a few days later, they find her body. So this gave them a reason to bring Alexander in um, for questioning. And he for he's so strategic he didn't come up with a plan. So a lot of people believe he wanted to get caught. He wanted his name attached to these victims. She was victim 50... Um, I think when he stopped, he had told the police that he was at 63, but he didn't realize that three people had survived after he thrown them in the well. So his number was 60. So she was number 60. So So he just was bored. He was over it. I think so. I mean, which is, uh, I think is so insane though, because he's so intense about 64. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I think his desire to have his name attached to this, because, you know, of course, they're giving him nicknames and things like that. I think he wanted to be attached to these, and it was probably killing the narcissist in him not being able to be like, it's me. <laughs> like, it, you know, like it's it's this person, it's this entity, it's this question mark, but he wants them to know it's me. Also, maybe he thinks that once he goes to prison, he can knock off the remainder. Maybe. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I never thought about that. That's a really good, yeah, it, it might have. Because he's a narcissist. In my head, I'm picturing him as this like scrawny white piece of shit, but who probably couldn't kill someone in prison, but he probably thinks he could. Yep. You're, you're getting perfect. <laughs> you're describing the man perfectly. No one needs to Google it. <laughs> so he, admits to killing marina and then to the police's surprise he admits to more oh because they only have they have an mo of the stick or the bottle bottle in the head so they thought he had 13 victims was there any because uh maria knew his name but she was blackmailed so there was no record no the police never took a report Okay, so this was just like completely. So I'm I'm sure the investigators who were interviewing him had to like shit their pants and move on real quick, and they yeah. had to keep their cool. Because how weird is it? You're going into this interrogation, and you're like, all right, we gotta get him to admit to these thirteen. They're all pretty identical. You know, we've got a case. Easy peasy. And then yeah. he's like, the number is sixty three. And then to just not know, like, as a detective or police officer, that there are 63 murders happening, you had a serial killer under your nose the entire time. Terrifying. So, of course, the police are not going to be able to figure all of this out. Yeah, 60, to talk about 60 murders. Yeah, and they're thinking 13. So they have to stroke his ego in the interview. And they bring him to the park multiple times, like, for months. And he just relives everything. In in detail, like so, uh, scary detail, he memorized everything about all sixty of his crimes. That's so weird. Okay, he's just not like your typical. No, because it, like that behavior is typical serial killer. Like you're you're Why getting you your it? thrill, right? But that's not. But that doesn't sound like that's his his eat like his thing. He's so confusing to me. Okay, <laughs> he's very. It's very interesting, yeah. um, just where his brain is, and you know, and he doesn't open up to about a lot of it either like he likes to relive it and that's that so weird so the police are able to find proof of 43 victims and then three attempted murders so 43 murders and three attempted murders because he had three victims who got away um that he was unaware of so they survived yeah so kind of like how maria was able to swim the other these other two victims were able to do uh the same thing there wasn't a lot of information on them so it just was said okay. three survived, and he didn't know three survived. I bet he was pissed when he found that out, though. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but he's also kind of indifferent about everything. So he was just kind of like... That's sure. I guess it's not like he made it to his 64 chess pieces. Like, if he yeah, had made, made it, it to the 64, was, I bet he would have, like, lost his shit. So that was enough to bring him to court. We had four, <laughs> more than enough. 43 yeah, right. murders and three attempted murders. During the trial, this was very interesting to me. So during the trial, they kept Alexander in a glass box. So for how many weeks was it? Um, I think it was, I think his trial went on for almost like six weeks. And they they just had this plexiglass box that he was in. And this jagweed was smirking and smiling and laughing while his trial was going on. And people could see him. He was totally hamming it up. So I don't know if that's like a Russia thing. I mean, they put him in a cage. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable with him. I have so many questions. <laughs> Number one, what what is a jagweed? Like a jerk off. Oh, I've got like I call people like jack wagons. Yeah. Like a okay, jack okay, okay, okay. A jagweed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second of all, I don't know what that's common. That's just something I've never heard. <laughs> that. Uh, but maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's me that. Okay. Um, and then yeah, the glass box. I know. So I don't know if that's like a Russia thing or if like they did it because it's him. I don't know. It makes me think of like in I think it's the prisoner of Azkaban and Harry Potter where he's like in the chains and in the cage and he's yeah. like laughing in, at, in the newspaper or whatever. Like that's what it makes me think of. Or when they would have like death eater trials, they would yeah. I'm totally showing my nerd. They would like come up from the from the ground. Yeah. 
in the cage. Yeah. I am curious, though. That's weird. I know. So on October 24th, 2007, the trial came to an end, and Alexander was found guilty of 43 murders and three attempted murders. The only thing Alexander had to say about this was that it wasn't fair. Well, it's not. What's not fair? To the 12 victims that they couldn't find proof for, he should be tried for all 60. Ew. What the fuck? (laughs) He was enraged. It wasn't fair that he didn't get charged with 60. It's because he... His number was under his idol. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The judge told him to fuck off (laughs) with his request to be charged for all 60 and gave him life in prison without option of parole but here's the best part the first 15 years of his imprisonment are solitary oh god he's gonna be even more of a fucking weirdo and this prison is in the mountains like it's a high security in the mountains i can't even imagine how scary this prison is and he's in solitary confinement for 15 years so um and there are reports of him saying if he got out today he'd murder again like, he's literally no remorse, not trying to play it off. Like, he's telling them it's a good idea. It's good that he's in prison. Okay. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love to cyberbully a good, a good murderer. So, um, you're going to kill again. Like, but you were too pussy to, you made them turn around so you can look at their faces. Like, you're a pansy fuck off i just looked at his picture he looks like a little bit <laughs> part of me feels like it's just he's just trying to get a reaction he's a narcissist yeah that all like if you're truly diagnosed as a narcissist you are literally just trying to get a reaction from people that is all you're trying to do and if like you were so bored you were so willing to give up before you even reached your goal like no i and that's what i thought was weird like there are other murderers that had magic numbers in their head, like Willie Pickton in Canada. He wanted to get to an even, I think it was 100, and he got he was really disappointed because he didn't get there, and he was pretty close. Poor you. Yeah. Like, but he, that's what he complained about. Like, there's, there's footage of him in his cell, and they put in an undercover cop, and he's talking to them, and he's like, I'm so pissed off. I didn't get to the, you know, I didn't get to an even 100, blah, blah, blah. And, like, for him to just be like, this was his goal – it seemed like a well thought out goal, not a good goal, but a well thought out yeah, he put, goal. He at some point took years off to think of new ways to entertain himself. And then you're just like, all right. So, yeah, he will be out of solitary confinement in uh, 2022. I would say lucky, yes, but it won't affect us. It'll just affect the dumb mother in Russian prison. So. Well, and this is like a scary prison in the in the mountains. And I mean, I couldn't even uh, no hate to like Russia. I don't know much. You know, Russia kind of trips me out. Yeah. Russia is intense. Yeah. Like I, you know, I would love to travel anywhere and everywhere in the world. But like, I think I would be okay with not going to Russia. No, I have no desire to go. No, like it's I'm sure there are beautiful things about it and all of that. But like the people just seem like really intense yeah like hard and like i'm a little bitch i'm i'm like a fluffy little puppy i need love and support and i'm not gonna get it there yeah so i can only imagine how terrifying their prisons are oh my god i have so many mental pictures and it's a prison in the mountains like that i'm picturing like shutter island like if i had if i had one wish i just want to be a fly and i just want to go to that prison I just want to buzz around and see what's happening. Yeah, but then come right back because if they are slapping each other, I don't know what they do to flies. <laughs> That's true. Maybe I need to be like Ant-Man where I can get like super small and crawl around. Yeah, and like hide away. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know, but it's trippy to think about for sure. Like just imagining. Like what's he doing right now? What time is yeah. What time is it in Russia? <laughs> <clears throat> It's 6.41 p.m. Oh, geez. It's in the... Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true because in like Japan, it's like the opposite. So and they're pretty close to that area. So it's 6 p.m. So he's probably getting some dinner. sort of dinner. What do you think he's eating? I don't know. I don't know any... any Russian food? I'm sure it's not like good. No. No. It's probably like porridge. It's good for your bowels. 
He's not possessed. He's got good a good digestive system. Yeah. That's bananas. Right? Blech. I know. So that's like what trips me out the most about this is like most of the serial killers that we've talked about or most of the people are dead, but he's alive. I mean, he'll have no chance of parole, that's which is good. That's what I was trying to say like 15 minutes ago. Thank you. For, for... <laughs> but yeah, so that's our episode. Good job. Thank you. It was a lot. Um, I bet. It was uh, clearly a feel good. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't feel as heavy, even though it should have been. Yeah. Maybe because maybe. we're in person. Well, and maybe because like there were not a lot of names. Like. Oh, I bet you're yeah. exactly so right. So we. And it's sunny outside. It's sunny. It's nice. He's he's stuck in a you know four by four cell. Azkaban. Living a horrible life, hopefully. Yeah, but see, something like that too kind of freaks me out because like he's strategic. He took time off, so like leaving him alone with his thoughts. What if he's planning like an escape? He's probably a f-ing psychopath now. Like, yeah, like alone, alone. At least he had some sort of like interaction. He's probably like unbearable at this point. Yeah. And when he goes to Gen Pop, he's going to get this little like army together. See, he's so I don't think manipulative. He will. He's so manipulative and charismatic, though. What he doesn't have in Braun, his brain is scary. I feel like he's just going to get well, I hope that picked too. off like a toothpick when he's in Gen Pop. I mean, if there's, like, some Russian ma- mafia guy there. I don't know. It's crazy. It's okay, friends. So, Leslie is going to grace us with her clue for next week now that we've talked for 75 hours. <laughs> Only an hour 46. And some oh, of that, seriously? Yeah, and some of that, like, we had, like, oh bathroom gosh. breaks. And so we're I felt like we went on, like, we ended up talking about the Rockies at one point. Like, I don't even know. Sometimes I'm like, how do we get from this to this? Like, even listening to it again, I'm like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have ADHD. Do you wow. have ADHD? Uh, probably. It's probably un- undiagnosed. <laughs> I actually did Google adult ADHD and I was like, these are, (laughs) I'm clicking a couple of boxes that (laughs) make sense. I might need to go see my primary care physician. (laughs) It's okay. But so we'll have a lot of fun stuff for the extra episode whenever Leslie has time to send that out. So again, that is not on a set schedule. We are not going to make Leslie sleepy (laughs) with all the editing, but every once in a while. If I get a hair up my ass. We'll sprinkle that in. Yeah, it'll just be unedited random jokes. There have been some pretty funny ones, I think. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the clue this week is just cabin 28. Is what? Cabin 28. Cabin 28? Cabin 28. Cabin 28. I don't know. You said it was going to be easy and I have no idea. I think Wendy will know. (laughs) This, This will be easy, but well, she got my clue, like, on Friday. Oh, my goodness. She's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So, it was, I mean, it was kind of easy, the chessboard. <laughs> I wouldn't, I mean, like you said, I think, in a previous uh, episode, I mean, I don't like Google, because I, I want to just know. Yeah. I want it. And then if I happen to know it, like, the Ken and Barbie killers, I had a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have never known about our good friend Alex if my FBI boyfriend hadn't come in clutch and popped up on my TikTok. I know. That's tr- that's creepy. Well, I mean, I know there's an algorithm. Like, I fucking but know. Like, now I feel like he's just taunting me. <laughs> like, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, mine's, just- like, taking a break because he has not helped me with anything. I'm on true crime TikTok and I get nothing. All right, friends. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.